Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This show is about artistic inspiration and the creative process. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to all the patrons who make this show possible. To learn how you can join and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the first episode of season two of the Greetings from Wherever podcast. If you've been listening, great. You kind of get the vibe of the show. If not, um, really what this is, it's all about the creative process and uh, really artistic inspiration and just how we get from that point of inspiration to creating something. And uh, I plan on having all types types of different creatives on the show, including songwriters like today's guest, The Spin Wires. They write songs as a band. They've been doing it virtually. And it's pretty cool. We get into talking about that. We get into talking about getting some of their music placed in TV shows, including Shameless. I I know we probably have some fans of that show listening, so um, you can kind of learn more about that process and how exciting that that might be to get your show or get your song in in a big show like that. It's it's really cool. But, um, you know, I'm going to have painters, writers, uh, just kind of like last season, a good mix of different types of creatives and um, this season will be the first time I, I highlight a nonprofit as well. I know I'm planning on having the Sims Foundation come on and talk about what they do. Uh, they do very important work and it supports creatives. So I thought it was just related enough to include on the podcast. And you know, I'm all about the nonprofit world and that's important to me. So, um, you know, they, they need our support. And I think this is one way I can show support is to get the info out there. So, um, yeah, uh, really, this this episode today was great. Um, the spin wires are out of Buffalo, New York, so it was good to talk to somebody from just a different part of the country, really. I'm I, as, as you may know, my name is Brian Wolf. I'm a songwriter from, well, I live in Austin, Texas. I'm originally from upstate New York, but I've lived in Austin for, um, God, going on almost nine years now, which is insane to think about, but, um, you know, I'm from that neck of the woods, kind of. Um, and it was good to connect with those guys. Uh, their bass player, RJ, is one of my best friends and has been since middle school. <clears throat> so it was cool in that way to, to get... But it's it's funny. You, you get to talking to your friends about different things. And, you know, sometimes it the creative process doesn't necessarily come up in everyday conversation, you know, it's, it's more like funny memes or let's talk about the Mets or something like that. Uh, but you know, or like check out this like new song I like from such and such artist, whatever it is like it's, but you know, we don't really get a chance or make the time to talk about how did you write that song? What, what did you mean by that? Or like, how does your band operate? You know? And I think, Stuff like that is really interesting to me, and it was cool to have the opportunity to hear RJ and Tyson talk about that. Um, Tyson is the guitar player, RJ is the bass player, and I know they kind of trade vocals, so I don't really want to call one or the other the lead singer, so um, yeah, it kind of depends on the song, but yeah, listen in. I think the interview was really fun, and I think uh, it's a really great way to start the season, so let's get started. All right, I'd like to welcome my first guest for the season for Greetings from Weber Podcast, The Spin Wires from Buffalo, New York. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. This is so much fun, man. I, I want to start by just sort of explaining my connection to the band um, because you might be wondering, like, how do you know a band from Buffalo, New York? You live in Austin, Texas. You've been there for whatever. Somebody might be having a hard time making the connection, but I actually grew up with RJ Porter, your bass player, sings a lot of the songs. Um, we met in middle school and have been really great friends ever since. Uh, we've played a lot of music together. So it's sort of this like deep musical connection that I have with you guys. And, um, and you know, not to mention my band from Austin, Fair City Fire, a few of the tours, we stopped through Buffalo and played with you guys. And it was so much fun. So it's, there's this deep thing going on that, um, that I'm really glad we get to kind of just talk today and kind of connect a little bit more on the music itself. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, absolutely. Uh, we've known each other for a long time and we've played in uh, a couple bands uh, over the years. Um, and I think it's just really cool 
knowing how long we've known each other and kind of our musical history together uh, that we're able to do this. Like in, in 2021, you've got this awesome podcast going, you got a great music career in Texas going and, and you're having us on happy to be here. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah. How are, how are you guys doing? I mean, I know um, obviously we were kind of talking before we started recording about how just, it's just sort of weird for bands right now, I guess like, what are you guys doing to stay creative and kind of stay together as a band? I know you guys are at least somewhat active during these times. I know you're not really playing shows, but yeah, please let me know what you guys have been doing. Yeah. So we, um, it, kind of at the beginning of, uh, the lockdown, so to speak, uh, we weren't, we were not getting together in person. So what we were doing is we were actually getting together over zoom and, um, Tyson, uh, who's here, he plays guitar and he, um, you know, he's, he's pretty tech savvy. So he was able to do some screen sharing um, and we were uploading kind of, you know, ideas that we had been working on and everybody could listen and kind of comments on uh, the song, some of the songs that, that we've been working on for the last couple of months. So we were able to kind of write remotely, which <laughs> was, it took a little bit of getting used to, but it's, it's, it's been, uh, something we've been able to do and, uh, you know, trying to stay creative. I'm wondering with, with stuff like that and kind of pivoting to, you know, being, you know, writing remotely and stuff, is that something you see yourself doing like anyways, after kind of all this stuff is over, does it help in any way to do that? Does it give you a different perspective or, or anything like that? My, my thought on writing remotely is, um, it's, it's a bit of a handicap in my opinion. I love being in person. I love one of the, my favorite things about being in a band is that there's multiple people in a room together and it's sporadic. You're all playing instruments together and you can stop at any instant and say, you, what you were playing just there, do that again, you know, but do it slower or, or just, you know, do it this way. And then you can sort of in real time, everybody's playing the instrument together and I think there's a little bit of that magic that gets lost when you're doing something remotely because there's a bit of a delay when you're doing the Zoom meetings. And I got to say, it's a different way to think about things. And I think that we're able to sort of more, um, you know, think uh, in, in the silo and then bring it to the group and then, you know, take it back to the silo and bring it to the group again. But I, I don't envision us working remotely again once we're, um, you know, 100% back to normal. But maybe RJ, maybe RJ has a more positive outlook on it than I do. <laughs> I totally understand where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah, RJ, what, what do you think about that? I, I agree with Tyson uh, 100%. You just can't, I mean, you can't really substitute that feeling of being in the room um, with the other guys in the band and, you know, trying to, to hash something out that way. I think I think what helped us a little bit when when things started shutting down is we had some pretty concrete song ideas um, that we were able to just kind of get a basic track down on. And it was a little bit easier to go from there and say, well, why don't we tweak this a little bit? Or what if we added this thing here? I think if we were, I think if you're trying to come up with something completely new, like together remotely, that's that's pretty difficult. Yeah, I um, can see that. I think it's, what helps us. Yeah, it's almost like one person would have to come up with something like, you know, pretty concrete and be like, here, you guys like help me with this, as opposed to like coming up with that thing together. It's it's a different it's got to be a different thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's I mean, I would imagine, especially with being together as long as you guys have. I mean, it's I was actually surprised when I saw that your first like self-titled EP came out in 2013 that that was like so long ago now you know it's like funny i don't i don't actually picture you guys as being a band that's been around like that long and i mean when did you guys start 2012 or so yeah 2012 and it it feels it, it feels like it's only been a year or two but i guess it's technically been eight you know eight <laughs> years nine years yeah, that's crazy. So, but yeah, I mean, I could imagine that connection that you guys have when you're all in the room together is more substantial than a band that might have just gotten together a few months before the pandemic or something, you know, so that would be I could see that being a bigger factor for you guys, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I know you guys met in law school. Is everyone in the band still a lawyer? Is that part of the deal? Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's such a funny <laughs> thing. So it's funny. It's funny you should mention that. It's not. It's not part of the deal. You don't have to be an attorney <laughs> to be in the spin wires. Um, but it just sort of worked out that way. And That's we did have. There was a very small period of time, maybe three or four months, where we had a. a, a we were looking for a new drummer, and we had a non-attorney drummer, and he was a great <sighs> guy, professional drummer. <laughs> Um, and unfortunately he just had too many projects he was working on. So he wasn't able to, to make the full-time commitment. And then we picked up another drummer and what do you know? He happened to be an attorney. So <laughs> That's you, you, hilarious. Sort of, you, you live in this community, I guess, when you're an attorney that, you know, all your friends are attorneys and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, I kind of got the vibe, I think early on that you guys, uh, your big show every year was this, um, kind of law school showcase or something like that. Was that, was that a thing like for a while? Am I remembering correctly? No, you, you, what, you what? called the uh, lawyers for the arts. Yeah, yeah. We've, that's something um, we've done uh, pretty much annually for the last couple of years. Cool. Um, and it's done by some of the people in the legal community here in Buffalo who are um, artistically inclined and, and musically inclined. And it's, and they rent out one of the local venues and they sell a bunch of tickets and you have like eight to 10 bands that are all entirely attorneys with all types of music from, you know, classic rock to the, they even have, I think like a, a lures for the arts, classical version with, you know, classical music. And there's, there's jazz and, 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 and we're involved in, and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And it's a really, really cool event, really, uh, fun thing to be a part of yeah it's it's you probably wouldn't think that the legal community in buffalo new york has so many musically talented lawyers but it's it's true <laughs> well i mean that's something that i was going to mention is like i think you know when i if i were i didn't know you guys and i just heard like this is a band full of lawyers like any sort of working professionals like that i, I would imagine like the, where my head goes is like, oh, they're weekend warriors that just play covers on the weekend. And like, that's about, you know, and the thing is, you guys actually write, you put out EPs and you do all this other cool shit that like, I think, um, you know, it's it's kind of like surprising. Do you do you feel like there's a vibe where like people are, find out that you're lawyers and they're really surprised or like, you know, is there something some element of that? Because I know for me, it's just like it you guys don't sound yeah. like lawyers. I don't mean that. As, yeah. As, yeah. As well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that because we, we have sort of an internal conversation going on ourselves, which is, do we want to actually even tell people that we're attorneys? Like, do we, <laughs> is that part of our shtick? Uh, or should we just sort of leave that as, you know, we have jobs, but you know, we don't want to, you know, point out that we're attorneys. And I, and I guess we should point, point out that the band started before we were attorneys. We were merely students at the time and we've, we've merely grown into being attorneys. But um, yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. You, you get an idea of what, you know, you know, what, you know, somebody says they're an attorney or a doctor, you know, you have a different idea of what they write or what their music is going to sound like. And, um, and I don't know if uh, I wouldn't say it's a negative impression, but I don't know if the first thing we want to lead with, you know, in in a band biography, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed it's it's not on your biographies, really, you know, at least from what I read, which is interesting. And, you know, if you if you need me to bleep out the word attorney and, and lawyer in this, I can start doing that. You know, I, I'll do that in post. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like it. You don't have, you don't you don't have a band to of bleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think what what's that, RJ? leave things out <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think you know one thing that seems to be uh kind of the the big news in in you know coming out of the spin wires world right now is that you guys have gotten placed in the show shameless uh multiple times it seemed like every week for a while rj would send a text being like we got our we got a song in, in shameless and i was like it's so cool because i think you know most bands would kill to have that opportunity once. And I think there's a music supervisor that works for Shameless that loves you guys. And, you know, it seems like they, they try to find a way to fit your music into the episodes whenever they can, which is so cool. I mean, that's it seems to be that's how this stuff works is you, be, you know, you kind of build that connection with a music supervisor like that. And, you know, voila you know hopefully you know every project they work on after that they start thinking about you and all that i mean can you explain that process how that worked i mean it's got to be cool sure yeah 
Absolutely. And, you know, Shameless isn't the only um, show we've been in. We've been in um, player style files and a number of video games and stuff like that. But Shameless is definitely the biggest ticket. And it's been we've been getting, you know, notices um, like like uh, RJ said or RJ texted you about, you know, multiple times over the past month that, oh, hey, in the next episode, you're going to be in that. And oh, OK, wow, cool. Um, yeah. And so I. Eh, I guess it, it all goes back to um, maybe 2014, 2015. We uh, submitted our music with a publisher called Lyric House Publishing, and um, they placed one of our songs, Ignite, into a season five episode of Shameless in which William Ace Macy was you know, in a fight with a woman and then her, his house exploded and our song Ignite was playing during that. And <laughs> that was just, you know, um, sort of a, a standard deal that, you know, we gave it to the publisher and the publisher pitched our songs to different music supervisors. And I guess the music supervisor over at Shameless, like the song, thought it fit. And they're there. I mean, Shameless is just a great show for bands, because if you watch that show, you'll notice that, you know, they've got tons of different rock bands going, you know, every, you know, five minutes will be a different rock band playing. And it per- fits sort of the mood of the, the, the show perfectly. So and I think the Spin Wires music fit with it as well. So fast forward, um, maybe four or five years till, you know, this year, um, we started working with a different publisher, a new publisher. And I guess, you know, the connection hit again. And it, and it must have hit well, because we've already been in three episodes of Shameless and one episode of Hall of Shame, which is the um, sort of like the compilation episodes and, and spinoff episode of Shameless, uh, all within this, you know, one season. Um, which is so great. Cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we get a couple more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been uh, exciting. It's been good. Well that, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, something that comes to mind is, you know, you guys have this like big fun energy that doesn't seem to like take itself too seriously, you know? And I think that's kind of the same energy and vibe that I get from that show. So it seems to fit, you know, and I think that that's, you know, it's a, it's a good fit for, especially some of the chaotic scenes like that, because some of your music is just so like energetic and, you know, makes you want to fight someone or say, <laughs> just like, you know, I'm ready, you know, whoever wants to step up. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, well, that, it's a good fit. Yeah. That's what we're, we're going for is, is high energy and something that you can bob your head along to most of the songs that's, you know, we, we had a moment and, and RJ played a very pivotal role in this. We had a moment where once we had all gotten together, the three of us, when we started the band, we said, well, what, what kind of band do we want to be? What kind of music do we want to write? And we were trying to figure it out. And, and RJ said something to the effect of, listen, I read this interview with the guys in France Ferdinand and they said, you know, if you can get the girls to start dancing, you can play rock music, but if you can get the girls to start dancing, all the guys are going to want to come out to the dance floor too. All the guys from the back of the bar are going to start coming up to you and watch the band too. So that's what you got to do. And we decided, yeah, okay, we'll make rock music, but it's got to be high energy and it's got to have enough of a beat that you could dance to it too. And so that's been the target. I don't know if we've always hit it, but that was one of sort of the defining moments. That's yeah, really that's, cool. That's, that's exactly right. That, um, I, I've always been a huge fan of Franz Ferdinand and like their whole vibe and, and how great guitar music, but it's stuff you can dance to at the same time. It's, it's not something that I think a lot of bands want to pull off or can pull off. Um, but they, they've said that countless times in, in interviews. We want to, you know, make music girls can dance to. We want to be like a rock band and, and a dance band at the same time. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. So I really yeah. wanted to bring the vibe to, the spin wires and that's really kind of the the track we've tried to to take with with most if not all of us that's really cool man i think uh you know and i think it's interesting because when people start to think about the craft of songwriting i think people get into when they think about like the great legends of songwriting they think about they tend to think about the serious ones that write about like really serious topics and you know maybe they write about sad things maybe they write about political things whatever it is but i think that there is an art a serious art to just writing fun music that makes people want to dance and i think you know and like especially the hook part of it i think that's the that's the thing and i don't know if that just comes to you 
naturally with the the hooks because they're I mean hooks are all over your music you know but I don't know if that's just something that comes from your influences or you know I guess what I'm wondering is what are your influences for that kind of fun vibe that with the hooks and all that stuff going on I mean that's um you know it's not it's not those like legends that people think about that I would imagine that you guys you know like you guys aren't writing like Bob Dylan songs, you know, or something like that. You're, you're doing something entirely different and, and really cool in its own way. So who are your influences in that way? I would, Ooh. I would say Franz Ferdinand is, is definitely a big influence. Like we mentioned, um, Arctic monkeys is a, is a big influence as well. Um, it's, it's those bands they have, they're good at melodic songwriting, um, with like a dance beat underneath, um, those two for sure uh our drummer aaron walco he comes from a very like punk background so when he's you know putting the bottom on the music like he's approaching it from from that sphere and then jay organic who's playing guitar for us now he's i mean he's he went to college to for that instrument so he he brings a lot of you know excellent ideas there he's a classic rock guy and he likes some of the 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 newer stuff that that Tyson and I are into as well and we we all love love 90s music too so that's so you know bands from that era it's it's a lot of differences different styles that people are bringing to the table that that we try to like mash together and just we're always asking ourselves like is this are we doing something that's high energy does this sound like something people would want to listen to dance to with this you know if people if you're out drinking with your friends at a bar and you hear us playing are you going to want to you know come up and dance or want to come up and listen that's that's what we're trying to go for yeah that's awesome yeah and it, you know it, it's sometimes a challenge because we and i think rj just mentioned this we have so many different influences but you can't just say oh i love bob dylan and i like lady gaga and smash them together right or yeah. um <laughs> i like i i listen to that scene. I'd check that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. There's probably a remix out there. I guarantee it. There's, there's, there's a remix of everything. But um, I think that RJ is right that there's an intentional sort of uh, feeling of, uh, okay, you know, is this song too slow? Should we speed this song up? You know, should, should is this, this song's five minutes long. Are people going to want to listen to this song for five minutes? Should we cut the last two minutes of the song off? And is this chorus catchy? And like, I can't tell you how many these we're working on two songs right now. And I cannot tell you how many times we we've had to go back to the chorus again and say, ah, I just don't know. I don't, you know, is this catchy enough? Does this have a hook to it? What do you think? Do anybody get any new ideas? And then you go back to it and go back to it, go back to it. And it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you just write a chorus and it's like, bam, you know, you have it and it's catchy and you love it. And then sometimes it's very deliberate and you keep revising it, revising it and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's um, it is it is a very deliberate process, I think. And um, despite the fact of having a wide variety of influences, I think that um, uh, yeah, we want we focus more on the high energy stuff, the Franz Ferdinands, the Arctic Monkeys, and as you probably know, we've got a number of sort of pop diva covers that we do, and we try to even bring some of those influences in when we do it. Yeah, I was going to kind of get into that a little bit. That's something that you guys um, have made a thing that for a while is you do these like pop covers and you make rock versions of them and put them on YouTube. And it's really cool. I mean, I guess like it always seems like it's a little bit faster than the original song. And it's just you just pump the spin wires energy right into it, you know, and you're kind of uh, I know there's uh, the version you guys did of Icona Pops. Um, I love it, which is awesome. And just it seems like it's, I mean, it blew up on YouTube. I mean, it seems like there's just a million views of this thing. I don't know if there are, but it's like a lot. It's a lot of views. People are, are tuning in. I think it's it's because you guys are doing something a little bit different, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, the visuals are also really, like, fun. You guys are just having a good time, and I think a lot of people can relate to just the, the good energy and the bros hanging out, pumping iron and playing music and... <laughs> drinking and just, i don't know it's like yeah, it's it's yeah no you're you're absolutely right and that was sort of the first moment i think that we felt that yeah there, there's some stuff what we're doing here with especially with that account of pop video uh, at that point we had only released one song called girls like you our first ep wasn't out although it had been recorded 
And we were about to play a show at, at Mr. Good Bar, which we play shows from 11 p.m. at night to 4 a.m. And a lot of college girls there. And I think it we were um, at, at the drummer's house, Joe's house at the time. Um, and a kind of pop was playing on a music video. And we said, man, this song is catchy. And it's easy, too. And this was about an hour before our show. And we said, yep. do you think we can play this at the show? And yeah, I think it's like two chords, right? And so yep. we did it. And these girls went nuts. They all came from the front of the bar all the way back. They all started dancing. And we were just, our mind was blown. And so we said, we're going to record this this weekend. And so we run down to the studio because we, we knew the guy that ran the studio. We, we recorded the song in maybe like four or five hours. I had a flip camera that I was just, you know, sort of bopping in and out while people were recording. I put the video together and I popped it on, you know, the very next weekend. And, it, and we, we ended up getting like 40,000, 50,000 views within a week. Which for us, you know, being some no nobody, no release band out of Buffalo, we were, wow, this is really actually making a connection and it's getting picked up by outlets. And, and, and it made us reflect for a second to say, okay, you know, maybe we're doing something a little bit right here. And it also made us think, like, should this be our image? Like, should we just be like buff guys working out and like yelling and, and doing heavy music? And, and for a while we were thinking, yeah, maybe that should be our image. It's, you know, it's so, it's so hard. I mean, we're really getting, taking a step back here and looking at ourselves and saying, you know, what are we like, what image do we want to put out there? Right. You know, it's not lawyers. Cause I don't think that that's, that's going to sell, but apparently working, you know, lifting weights and playing, you know, pop, pop girl music like people connect with that apparently so it was really a weird time but it was very fun to do so we followed it up with a couple more um and rj's got just got a great you know voice that carries across all those covers that we did and i think it's just the combination of you're taking something that is associated with you know femininity but catchy and you're sort of you know turning it masculine right and you're you're, you've got sort of that young energy and and stuff like that and i think that sort of caught on with some folks they really liked it and you know it it was super fun for us to do yeah yeah it seems it seems like a lot of fun like first and foremost and like you know the thing is if you weren't having fun playing this song nobody's going to be dancing to it people aren't going to watch it like it's you guys are clearly having a blast you're not doing stuff that like you're like oh let me desperately try to do this cover because people will like it it's like no, you guys like we're like this would be fun. Let's do this. Let's just, let's have a good time. It seems like that's the vibe, you know. And I think I really appreciate that, you know. And it seems, you know, like I think if if something ever felt like you were doing it for just just because you thought it would be popular or something, you know, that would be like gross to see. But I can tell that it's not that, which is really cool. Um, and I think that that's probably part of the reason why people like it so much is there's something behind it where it's just like, it's just you guys having a good time, you know, which I think is awesome. Yeah, it was, it was very genuine. I mean, it, it was just us fooling around, having a fun time, you know, while, you know, the track was getting mixed, there were some weights there or whatever, and there were some drinks <laughs> and stuff. And, and that's just the whole recording process is us just being goofballs sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I yeah. can I can picture it. I've I've hung around with you guys enough to know. <laughs> yeah, the guy studio we were at just had like these these dumbbells, like a couple of them in in the studio. So we were like, let's use these in the video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and let's rock tank tops too. Definitely, yeah. that was yeah. that was part of yeah. that had to be part of the conversation. Well, it it was it was in the summertime, and man, that that studio was like in this old factory, old in in Rochester, and it was just so hot in there. So we didn't really have much of a choice as to what we could, what we could wear. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, was it was, fun. and it just it it just happened to be what what people were wearing, what we were doing, and like just there was nothing really super intentional it wasn't like let's make a manly video it was just like let's do some funny stuff let's do what we normally do and put it on video and drink some beers and it you know it was was fun well yeah Yeah. i mean i think that's why that's why it's fun to watch and and that's why like it's something i'm like oh this is awesome (laughs) um yeah yeah, i think uh you know before we get into talking about um your the one song we wanted to focus on for the the deep dive slam van i wanted to ask you guys one more question i ask uh every guest that comes on if you guys could be successful at any other like form of art uh, or like any other type of medium within the artistic world, what would it be and why? 
That's a good question. RJ's going to go first. <laughs> yeah, RJ. <laughs> I, I think for me, the it would be painting. Cool. That's it. Yeah. I didn't expect that. That's interesting. Yeah. That, that's that. That's what it would be. I think. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I would choose. Is painting and and you know visual art like that when it's done well. Um, you you can look at certain things that people do and and it definitely evokes some kind of emotional response. I think that's really cool. And just trying to, it's another way of trying to like get interesting ideas from your head onto, onto paper in that instance. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be painting for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. Tyson, Um, what do you think? Ooh. So I'd say writing, but not just writing books. And this is going to sound super nerdy, but, I, if I could be very successful at writing and game design and specifically video game design, because I think it's a medium right now that's sort of at the cutting edge that blends, you know, forms of storytelling, but also gives people agency. And I think that if you can create a very compelling native a narrative through a video game, I, I think if I could be successful at that, um, that would be great. And you, you hear about sort of all these, indie studios that only have like one, two, three guys working there and they come out with a game and and the game blows up and it it becomes super successful. I don't think you can really do that with a movie studio anymore, but I still think it's possible in video game development. So Yeah. I, I definitely play some games myself at times and lately I've just been rocking Madden. So there's not too much uh, of a storyline there, but you know, I did play like the most recent star Wars game and uh, what else? Um, some other stuff and man it's just like it's like you're watching a movie as you're playing it's it's insane and it's it's also like not a stupid movie or something it's like well thought out there's good dialogue like there's you know everything you know good voiceovers like it's definitely professional people in there that they're you know hiring to do this stuff and it's it's so much deeper than it was you know and i think that's it's really cool and i i certainly appreciate that medium too and i would love to get video game creators on this show at some point i don't i don't know any but I, I will i will make that a project of mine to get to know somebody to come on the show for sure <laughs> um yeah but, uh if you'd like to talk after the show or shoot me an email i, I know a couple um dude, so maybe we'll make that connection yes that'd be awesome uh well cool guys yeah thank you again for being on the show i definitely want to uh dive into this song slam van before we kind of run out of time today uh but i think uh it's it's a great song and it was like the first song i heard i think of you guys and um it was on that first ep you guys put out in 2013 self-titled and it just hit me right away it's 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 an awesome concept it's hilarious it's there's all these like hooks in the chorus like the ooze thing like it's it's so catchy and fast and every like it's it's it seems to be just a really good kind of um, mold of like what we've talked about with your sound and approach. So I guess if you could tell someone what slam van is all about musically and concept wise, what would be your like elevator pitch about it? That's a good slam van is a rocket ship that takes you to space. (laughs) Yep. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That'd have to be, like a really goofy like really goofy concept for a song yeah i mean i love that it's yeah but it's also like it could you know if you guys were not who you are somebody could have been like like oh a van that goes to space that's ridiculous we're not going to write about that but i love that it seems like somebody at some point said that out loud and you guys were like yes Let's so, let's do this so, all the way. Like, how, tell me more about that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, we, Tyson, I think you and I—I I was living with Tyson at the time, and um, Tyson was driving this this really old minivan, and like we, that's what we used to to drag the band equipment around in. It didn't have any seats in the back. It just had a ton of room for. I mean, if you wanted to sit back there, you could, um, but it was just a ton of room for like instruments and Tyson would always call it the slam van. And uh, we were on our way to Walmart one day and 
Tyson, I remember you saying just like, yeah, we'll take the slam van, ride it again. And I was like, and instantly the chorus was in my head, slam van, ride it again. And I just had it like immediately. And that's, that happens like, like never <laughs> for me, but I was like, and then we just looked at each other and we're like, all right, we need to go back home now and write this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, well, there, there are those moments sometimes when things just sort of hit you. I mean, as a songwriter myself, like that's, uh, you know, something that happens and you, yeah, I mean, it's not always at a convenient place or like, you know, sometimes it's at like five in the morning and I should be sleeping and then something hits me and I'm like, Oh, I got to write that down or something, you know, and because unfortunately you always think you're going to have it later. You're going to, you're going to remember it later when the time is right to start writing. And then, when it is a lot of times that's just gone so it's like you have to and it, like i know you guys sent me a uh, voice recording of, of rj singing that idea um was that in that moment yeah that that's was so in cool. that moment i mean i i think i can't remember if maybe uh we, we i said something like yeah let's get in the slam van write it again and then we got in the van, and then RJ said it, and we were laughing about it as we were walking out, and we got in the van, and then he maybe was singing it again as we were talking about it, and then I just whipped out the phone, and I was like, all right, sing that again into the phone. We're turning around. We're going back because it's just so catchy. Yeah. Um, and I, I specifically remember we, we got back in the house, pulled out my acoustic guitar, and I thought to myself, this has got to be a very simple song. Um, and... Uh, and it just sort of almost wrote itself in the sense that we had at that point that that was right after we um, released the Iconopop video. And I remember thinking that had very driving guitars and this song should have very driving, simple guitars, maybe no more than really two or three chords um, aside from like a couple other parts. Um, and it just came together very, very quickly. Um, and we knew it was going to be a fun song the moment we had that chorus. Um, and it's so great when you when the first thing you write is the chorus, because then once you've got your hook, you can stop worrying about it and you can write the other parts. It's tough when you sort of like write an intro and then you're like, OK, what's the chorus? Gonna, or you have a verse and you're like, what's the chorus going to be? But we had the chorus and we were ready to go. So, yeah. Yeah, I and, think that's, um, you know, that's kind of interesting. You know, when you have that hook, you can sort of build around it. But, you know, if you're trying to build into a hook, it's a yeah, it's a little bit of a different thing. I think some people probably are able to do that that way. I don't know. Everyone kind of writes differently, but I would imagine like, yeah, for you guys, like thinking about your music and all that, starting with the hook has got to be an easier way to do it, you know? So that, that makes total sense. And, and I just want to add lyrically. Um, so we, we have the chorus down and then Joe Grasso, who was our, our drummer at the time, his, the idea of taking the slam van to, to space and go to the moon that, that came from Joe. I remember and that um, that rap part <laughs> in the middle, Joe Joe came up with it entirely on his own. Um, that very like rapid fire um, wordplay. Joe was Joe was really good at stuff like that. Yeah. Oh it's... yeah. And in fact, we didn't know what we were doing for the bridge until we were driving to the studio. I I, I kid you not. Um, we were in my van uh, at, at this period of t point point in time. We were recording songs very quickly, um, and we I remember we had a bridge. We didn't really know what was going to be there. And then Joe was like, well, I can rap it. And then as we were driving to the studio to record, he, he was rapping the lyrics to us and writing them down on a notepad. I remember them because we still have the notepad. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so they were basically, you know, he came up with them. And I remember just like laughing the entire ride there as he was like, you know, sort of rapping them. And like we were coming and then it was like, no, no, that's too dirty or that's too much of an innu innuendo there and, and stuff like that. And, and, um, and it, it just worked out so perfect um, how quickly that song came together. And I'll, I'll tell you what, that doesn't always happen, but it's usually RJ that comes up with the songs or the hooks that happen quickly. It'll be sort of this moment, RJ will say something, and it's like, there, there's the song right there. And then we just write off of that. And then I, and I, I'm so jealous all the time because I sometimes will write a song or, or, or try to come up with a hook and then I'll keep tweaking it and tweaking it and changing it and changing it. And with RJ, it's like, he just comes up with it and it's like, it's like manifest uh, destiny or whatever that yep, yes. that's it. It's all set. It's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think, you know, it's uh, that that's really cool. And, you know, I think it's something where like, you know, the, the great bands sort of have, 
or like great songwriting teams, whatever it is, somebody sort of brings different things to the table. And I think that's, you know, that's important, you know, and I think it sounds like RJ's the hook guy sometimes, (laughs) you know, and I, I think that's great. At least the the natural ones that you're mentioning. And I think that's, um, that's really cool that it kind of works that way. And also that you let those talents kind of come out. There's nobody that's just like, no, like I have to come up with this or like, you know, or like, it seems like you guys aren't shutting each other down in that way. It's just sort of like, okay, let's just make this better and better and build on this thing that, you know, you made. And that it's cool. I think it's cool to hear that it works that way. And I feel like the bands that I have on the show or songwriters or anything seems to be working that way. Everyone that's collaborative in that way. There's, there's not that ego thing, you know, that you hear about so yeah. often. Um you can't, yeah. You you can't have an ego, in, in my opinion, and, and be successful, and at least in this band. And it's it's the greatest. I, I've worked on a couple of music projects, and it's so great to work with folks that don't have paper skin because you know it's important that you be able to criticize your own work and criticize others' work and say, I like this, I don't like this. What if we did it this way? I love that. You know, I love that. Do that. You know. And, and, and I, I need that just as much as the other guys need it too when we're writing a song. Um, because if, if you're too scared to criticize or to make comments on, then, you know, you're, you're going to end up with a song that maybe, you know, isn't as good as it could have been. Right. Yeah, um, totally. So yeah, love it. And, and, and everybody who's been in this band has, has, has put stuff into it and, and, and brought stuff to it and either written hooks or written guitar parts or, or, or whatever. And it's been, it's been it's been great so yeah absolutely and i wanted to ask you guys a little bit about like the production side of things because there's a there's a really big sound to all of your songs like it's it seems like that seems to be a focus is like let's make this sound huge um which is really cool and kind of speaks to the just let's make fun music that people want to dance to but also you know i noticed specifically you know i i've played a lot of music with rj and you know the songs that he's singing on i i don't know rj if you ever really sang that much when we played music together so it's like interesting to hear your voice on on something and and i honestly didn't know it was you until i watched the videos and saw you singing like it's so interesting but also you know there's this kind of like vocal processing action going on that, you know, really becomes this, like, it's part of the sound. I mean, it's, uh, I guess, like, how would you guys describe your approach to that? It seems like there's a lot of layers and uh, kind of some effects going on with it. Like, what, like, where did you guys get that idea? How did that sound hit you guys? Is that a producer that helped you? Like, let me know what what's going on with that. Yeah, so we have always worked with, or I, I believe almost always worked with um, a very specific recording uh, engineer who was very young. Uh, he was 19, I think, when we recorded our first EP and, and the Iconic Pop cover. And I had sort of, I've, I've worked with a bunch of other studios and I interviewed them and I listened to songs. And when I heard his songs, I thought, and, you know, he did a lot of metal stuff and he did a lot of heavy metal stuff. And it was very heavy and dense. And there was this wall of sound and I came into his studio to interview him and listen to the group he was working with at the time. And I, I just liked it a lot. I could tell that he was very into um, uh, uh, layering. And I, I'm a big fan of that. I know the Beatles did it, you know, the wall of sound, you sort of double the vocals, you like triple the, you, you play the same guitar thing three times, you know, over. And so there was a quite a bit of, of layering going on. And, um, and he's almost as much of the process too. You know, you sit down with him and say, you know, we want it to sound like this and we, we want it to be loud and we want to throw harmony over this. Can you do this? And, and every time he'd never say no. He'd just say, yeah, we'll figure that out. Do it. How about this? Cool. Um, yeah. yeah I, RJ, you got something to add to that? I, I know, you know you're, you're a big Kevin fan as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ke- Kevin Murphy, <laughs> the name, and, and we've, you know, worked with him, you know, pretty much exclusively. And, and he's just been great. Um, and one of the cool things he's able to do with our music is, um, you know, we try to write stuff that's, that's catchy and danceable, but also heavy at the same time. So like, a, you know, Brian, I know you're a big queen, fan of Queens of the Stone Age, and I think they're just so good at stuff like that, like this big, like heavy sounding music, but also you find yourself dancing to it and singing along with it somehow. And that's, 
such a cool combination and and kevin is really good at helping us realize that that vision well yeah i think that's something um kind of important to talk about because i think you know sometimes the people behind the scenes don't necessarily get the love or they don't get thought of as like part of the process and you know it's it's i can speak to from my experience the producer is always you know when when i've been in the studio the producer is like basically a fifth member of the band like it's you know it right. you know it, it sounds like maybe your producer it doesn't sound like he's like giving you ideas necessarily you're kind of bringing ideas to him and he's figuring out how to do them but i've i worked with producers and maybe that's wrong i don't know please let me know but you know when i've worked with producers it's it's often like they might say something and, and be kind of a fifth contributor to the song. And, you know, we can say, no, it's kind of like the same deal. Like everybody has to feel comfortable, you know, like you mentioned, being able to mention their ideas and, and say them and, and not feel like super, let's say, butthurt if everyone doesn't just go with their ideas. You know, I think that's really important. And, you know, being able to be open with each other. Uh, did your producer kind of work that way, too? Yeah, more yeah. or less. We, we, go, we go to Kevin with, with full ideas um, on songs. And, you know, sometimes if we're, we're trying to get like that last one or 2% out of a song, we're like, Kevin, like, what, what do you think we should be doing here? And, and we're always asking him that too, you know, when we're recording, like, hey, if you got any ideas, you know, just let us know. And usually he's like, no, this is good, guys. But cool. I know. Um, I think it was Reckless off of our, I think those are our, our second EP. Um, he, we were having trouble with kind of coming up with a, a guitar riff or, or a solo. And, and we were like, Kevin, what, could you just like play over this? Cause he, he's a very good you know, guitarist in his own right. Can you just play over this? And, and you know, what, what, what would you do here? Um, and he was able to come up with something pretty cool. So he's, it's definitely like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually remember that moment where it, it was sort of like, ah, oh, we want sort of like a catchy guitar part. That's like, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. and he's like what about that and then he like kind of played it but all only better and we're like that's it that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome um, and he also tells us when enough is enough because sometimes i think when you want to go back and revise something or keep adding on something like we'd be like kevin we want bongos in this song and then we're going to add a bell and then we're going to have hand claps and then we're going to have this and then he's like okay guys eventually you're going to add too many things and nobody's going to hear anything. And like, okay. All right. Yeah, that, <laughs> there's enough there. Yeah. That's, that's important to, to have somebody kind of keeping everybody focused. I think that's, you know, yeah, I think that's huge. And also, uh, you know, what I've found is like deadlines, like knowing when you want something to be done is important too. Cause you could, Oh, you could just edit these songs to death and never put them out. You know, that's so yeah. I think, you know, having that in mind of like, let's, let's get this done and like, stop just worrying about adding everything to it and just realize when it's done, put it out. Like, I think that's, that's an important thing to have that other voice helping you with that. Sometimes it's, it's really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I noticed too, with this song, it's, it's two minutes long. I mean, it's, it's a short song, but you know, by all means, like, and I think that, you know, that's awesome. Like it doesn't need to be longer, but I guess like, was there, when you saw that it was two minutes long, was that like a concern for you? Is there like some kind of thing where you're like, Oh, this should be more like three minutes. So it's like ready for like perfectly fitting on the radio or something like, do you guys think that way? Or is it just like this song's done? Let's put it out two minutes for whatever it is. It's good. You guys think about that stuff? Yeah, we, I, I do. And I, I think we do as a band. Um, I, but I'll, I'll tell you what, if a song is two minutes, that's fine with me. In fact, I like, I like shorter songs. Um, but we've had, I, I guess it's more a pressure in my mind when you have a song that's like five or six minutes, because I feel like with a two minute song and there's two minute songs I love out there, you know, a lot of pop punk fans, a lot of punk fans will have a song that's two minutes ignite another popular song that we have that was in shameless. Uh, that's another two minute song too. Um, yeah. I remember when we wrote a song called Use Me, which is also in Shameless. That's a song that I think is over five minutes long. And I was worried and I was talking to RJ about it when it, it, it was a big RJ influence song. He sort of came up with the bass riff and I and, and it just sort of came together. Very early song we wrote before we knew what, what, what exactly we wanted to be as a band. Um, and I was worried about it. And I was like, oh, it's, it's very long and I'm going to want to sit through this. And uh, And you know what? 
it turns out that it's one of our most popular songs. It's within the top three most played songs on Spotify over five minutes. So I don't know. Sometimes I just, you know, I, I throw my hands in the air and it's like, maybe I just don't know like what, what's going to be popular, a two minute song, a five minute song. Like, I don't, well, you know, I think it, that's, it, that's an it, interesting point. Yeah. yeah that I, I think about a lot too, because you know, it's, it's interesting because I think some songwriters, you know, they think about, you know, the, the rules, like you have to like hit, this certain like I know, especially in like Nashville and writing country music, there are specific rules about creating a, a the kind of country song that's going to get signed to a label in Nashville. It's like it has to be about a certain thing. It has to the intro has to be like X amount of seconds long. Like there's all these things that, you know, you could think about when you approach a song. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, what do you like? You know, because if if you don't like it, then you know what's the point of any of it i don't know that's kind of how i look at it and it seems like you guys you know sort of think that way too like this what is what's what sounds good to us what what kind of song feels good to us and also what fits our vibe as a band we want to make people dance and i think you know to write a song that has a high bpm like probably most of your music like i don't know what the average is but it's got to be like I don't know what is it? you guys might have to let me know. It's got to be like 150 or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, at, at least 160, yeah. 170, yeah. 180. Yeah. So to so to write a like five minute song that's that fast, that's another thing too. It's just like that's a lot of bars, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I mean, there's a lot to that. Um, but yeah, uh, so I guess that's that pretty much covers what I wanted to ask about with Slam Van. Um, and I, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for joining me today. This is a lot of fun and I really hope we get to play some shows together down the line and, you know, whether you guys ever hit the road, take a break, you know, and come on, come on down to Austin, play some music. Uh, that would be beautiful. We would love that. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever you guys do, I'll, I'll be watching and following you. And I, I definitely, uh, encourage everyone listening to to go follow the spin wires um that's your it's the spin wires on instagram right that's the handle um yep yeah so go check that out check out their stuff on spotify youtube we kind of talk about all this stuff so please go watch it go listen um it's really fun and and i know you guys these these new songs you guys are working on are going to be great so uh we're all looking forward to that so thank you very much and i really appreciate your time yeah thank you so much for having us it was a pleasure Thank you for listening to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. To support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Music, or just like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.